A worn fabric hangs, fallen on by blue blossoms of an unknown tree. Hey everyone, welcome back to Solacene. This week we are going to be talking about the fabric of the Solacene. Ooh. Ooh. Episode title. I like it. And then we're going to wrap up by talking about our Solacene uniforms, what we would ideally wear in the ideal, beautiful, sustainable, tactile future. But to structure this episode, we decided to play a bit of a good cop, bad cop sort of situation, a new cop, old cop. Yeah, new cop, old cop. Yeah. So you're going to be sharing with us cool, innovative fabrics of the solo scene. Mostly, yeah. And you're going to be talking about the boring things. And watch on YouTube because we also have some props, which is very podcasty. It is very podcasty. It's actually poor podcast form, I think, but given that it's an audio format and we have props. Yeah. But I thought it was fun, and I'm going to kind of test you maybe based on your touch abilities. Oh, you're going to quiz me? Yeah. The thing is, I can see them. So I don't know if it's just touch, mm. but... <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway. So to start off, close your eyes. Okay, and then touch this. What do you think this is made out of? Oh, can I smell it? No, want, I'm not going to smell but... it. Um, does it start with an L? No. With an H? No. Q? Nope. Mm, paper. No. Okay. Thanks for that. <laughs> this is one of the... Okay. This, polyester. It is polyester. Okay. Isn't that so deceitful, though? Because yeah. I've owned this dress for a year or two. My friend gave it to me secondhand. Yeah. And I always thought it was linen. And so when I was getting ready my sample clothings, I was like, oh, this is a linen dress. And I checked the tag. And it's 50% viscose, 50% polyester. Well, when I was, I opened my eyes and could tell because I could see the pilling on it. I feel like polyester mm. often has that kind of thing. It does. So, the least solacine material that I'm going to be talking about today is synthetics. Mainly polyester because that's just kind of what we all know it as. It's the most commonly used material in the world. Just stop oil. Just stop oil. Just yeah. stop. And what's polyester made out of? Oil. And, like, when you think about it, who wants to be wearing oil? That's not very fashionable. Well, you know when people say, oh, who first looked at a cow's udders and thought, mm, mm -hmm. delicious. You know when people say stuff like that? I think there's, I mean, I drink milk. You, you know? do. So sometimes that test kind of fails. Mm -hmm. Oil, you know, you see it swelling around. It has nice colors in it. Oh, yeah. Oil spills can be beautiful. They can be. <laughs> it's true. And so you think... Wow, if humans can somehow harness this raw power and wear it. Mm -hmm. You know, almost like when we used to wear the furs of animals, we caught. Yeah. Something like that. It's true. You wear the, the, the skins of the planets that you've destroyed. You, yeah. Wow. Very deep. But Deep mining. <laughs> it's true. He's on a roll. Oh, my goodness. That haiku, by the way, that started the episode. Yeah. You didn't ask about it. You don't. You don't care, or oh my! I'm oh, sorry. I know why. It's because we recorded this episode <laughs> <laughs> just before we started recording this. We were going for about fifteen, sixteen minutes, and then I looked at the laptop, and Alicia was talking, and there was just <laughs> nothing. <laughs> and the whole time, it just hadn't been recording her voice at all. So yeah, listeners should feel grateful that they're they're, they're getting anything this week, basically. <laughs> um, but the haiku was inspired by a tiny book that you brought me this week. Actually, one of the smallest books I've ever seen. <laughs> it's really small. Really small. It probably looks like it has about 19 pages in. Still haven't finished it. I don't know what that says about me. But it's not a volume of haikus. It's more of a how-to or a 
historical grounding in the art of haiku and how it can and perhaps shouldn't be or should be translated into English to varying mm. degrees of success. I feel like mine was pretty successful. Um, tried, to, to, tried to abide by the rules of haiku and there's this kind of internal comparison between blossoms of an unknown tree and it just says a fabric. So it could mm. be any fabric. That's kind of the, the thing, the mystery of it. And um, I also can't take full credit because it's over 50% plagiarized from a bachelor poem. But I feel like if you acknowledge the plagiarism, it's fine. It's not plagiarism anymore. Yeah. Great art to see also. That's what we True. do. <laughs> anyway, polyester. More on polyester, yeah. So polyester, I don't fully hate any fabrics. I'm That would really, be weird. It would be. But it would be characteristic of me. Sure. I think. So polyester has its things. Like when it's raining, you really want a polyester raincoat. Do you agree? No. No? Okay. Well, I just like, I like it for its like waterproofness and it's strong and durable, which is good. Yeah. In a way that some natural fibers aren't. Like some natural fibers just wear away for, has like a very short lifespan unless it's kept at the right temperature sort of thing. I mean, today in Montreal, actually, we're probably going to be watching it out the window as we record. Yeah. There's this big bike race. And so we're going to see like hundreds of cyclists go by. And I have a feeling they're not going to be wearing many natural fibers. It's true. But maybe something we can talk about next week is athletic clothes that mm. aren't terrible and full of evil microplastics. Let's talk about microplastics. Let's talk about them because I have some information about microplastics for you. So microplastics have been found in all parts of the human body. The human heart. The human heart. Babies. Fresh babies have plastics in them. So when you hear that, do you think, maybe what I want to do is wear plastics on my skin? Not really. But I think it's like because the harms of the microplastics haven't been fully fleshed out, people aren't as afraid of them as perhaps we should be. Yeah, I mean, I didn't do the research on this, but I think also, and also the research is in this annoyingly fledgling stage yeah. on microplastics, so everything sounds kind of like conspiratorial or whatever. I know. But I think it's mainly the washing into the water stream that kind is. of is the killer. Mm -hmm. Maybe not entirely the wearing, although I don't think that's good for you either. Kind of like microwaving plastic bowls, right? Yeah, think so about like, it like that. It's probably not that good to eat out of it, but the worst thing is when you microwave, microwave it. it. Unfortunately, you kind of have to wash clothes. Or do you? Well, here's the thing. Patagonia, for example, their fleece are made out of plastic. They're not real wool fleece. And they suggest on their website to spot clean them. So mm. like maybe you get a little stain or a little bit of dirt on it, just wash it with a cloth instead of putting it through the wash. Because putting things in the washing machine as frequently as we do, we'll also talk about this later on in another episode about like caring for clothes. But that's the easiest way to break them down and make them last less time. And yeah, it just breaks off little pieces of plastic, microfibers, they're called, because they're different than microplastics, which are can be kind of the size of a pencil, like in diameter. But these are even smaller. But then they bioaccumulate in the fish we eat, yeah. in the water we drink, in our blood. And it's just like, it doesn't feel good or right. And I think we need to just have an awareness of this. There's companies who are creating filters to put on your washing machines right. to catch the microfibers, which is cool, but they're still not perfect. I mean, it also doesn't help what's already out there, which is, mm -hmm. as you said, everywhere. Yeah. Something like they like in like the most far off remote regions of soil, they find microfibers. Yeah, the depths of the ocean, there's some. <laughs> yeah. So. Nice. 
It's like, just don't buy any new ones. But it's all about in the solar scene, though. Yeah. Like in no the microplastics. Scene. Some genius figured out a way to biodegrade them all. Yeah, exactly. And I think just like the reason that I chose this as the least solar scene fiber is because I really think it won't exist. Full stop. Perhaps there'll be some produced that are recycling the existing ones. Well, that's why I, I balked at your idea of we need them in the rain. Mm-hmm. It's like for a long time we were in the rain without them. Mm-hmm. Even riding bikes without them. Yeah. So my first fabric in order of seamless, start with the least, is fur. F-U-R, fur. And I'm also talking about silk later on. I feel like fur is kind of like winter silk. I can see that. Because as in it's this luxury, rare thing that only comes out in certain weather situations mm. you can't wear silk in the winter can't wear fur in the summer or i mean most people wouldn't and it's like you're not going to see them in elementary school it's like true. the kids are all taking off their snow pants not the ones i went to anyway the kids are all taking off their snow pants and there's one guy just like this dressed like a bear or something mm-hmm. and also in the summer you're not going to see people wearing silk in elementary schools i don't know why i came up with that comparison but anyway some of the fair animals foxes mink rabbits beavers muskrats and then the favorite one that i learned about favorite is a weird word i guess the fin raccoon mm. which is the industry term for tanuki yeah which i thought was kind of a, a funny thing to learn have you ever owned anything fur i have not owned anything fur you have an ethical objection to fur i think so do you think we at Soacene, <laughs> us being the only two sites, should present a blanket in the Soacene? everyone has an ethical objection to fur Here's what I think. I'll state my opinion. Yeah, you go first. So 80% of fur clothing comes from farms, fur farms. So it's not just a byproduct. No, no, no. comes from a farm. The fur. byproduct is the rest of the animal. Yeah. Which is almost always, it's kind of morbid, but almost always just incinerated or... <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> because it seems so cruel. It really or, is um, Or processed, converted into food for other animals. Yeah, that is... And so I think that's not very soicine. Mm-hmm. Actually, I can say it because I am 50% of the Soacene. That's mm-hmm. not very scene. But if, for instance, as in my high school, when there was just this weird black market fur trade happening where students were keeping rabbits in their lockers, mm. going out at lunchtime and catching them in the woods surrounding our school, and then just trading all the furs and the meat and all that kind of stuff, selling it to teachers sometimes. <laughs> um, that's actually probably fine in Soacene because, they're, you know, it's, they're using, like, there's a respect to it. You know, I mean, furs weren't invented on like high fashion in the 1900s. It was, it was used for many, many years by a lot of different cultures in, in northern climates, mostly because they needed to because they were in the north. But also it's like, well, we're going to eat this rabbit anyway. Might as well yeah. wear it too. That's kind exactly. of nicer. When I was introduced to vegetarianism when I was like pretty young because not many people I knew were vegetarian, but then I had a one dance teacher who said, I'm vegetarian, but I'm not vegan because I wear leather because I think it should use the whole animal. And I, that always stuck with me as like, that makes a lot of sense. Like we're going to be, like people will always probably consume animal products. So there'll always be these quote unquote byproducts. But because the demand is higher than the the actual availability, you have to start farming yeah, millions th- I, of animals. I just think like me looking at it kind of as a, as an ignorant outsider, because I know there's like a lot of contention and discussion about fur and history. I saw that it's 4 million foxes killed a year in the fur farms, uh, 50 million mink. 
it seems pretty much adjacent to the ivory trade, and almost everyone agree will agree that that is not a good thing. So it seems very similar to me if you're not actually eating it. Yeah. Anyway, you're next. My next will be leather, which is really similar, similar to fur. Yeah. But the reason that I'm so opposed to leather is there's like the obvious deforestation, animal cruelty side of it. Deforestation, what do you mean? Um, so it's not just the leather, but just like bovine leather is cow leather. And that's the most common. And obviously cow is like the most common meat produced across the world. So a lot of the Amazon rainforest has been cut down to allow space so for the cows. So using the land for agriculture, basically. Yeah, okay. exactly. And so, yeah, there's just like a lot of trees being cut down to have homes for the cows. And then when the cows eat, their secretions are really bad for the environment. It is just like quite toxic, more toxic than carbon dioxide because it is methane, which is more potent as a greenhouse gas. There's all of that side of it, like the animal side of it. But the processing of leather is also just terrible for everyone involved, everyone upstream, downstream. It's beyond. I mean, last week on the app, the episode about color, I was talking about arsenical greens, but to process leather, they're still using arsenic, believe it or not. And so the people who are processing it have a way higher rate of cancer. It's like five times, and that's in Kentucky, let alone developing countries. But leather was also used for many years before arsenic. Yeah, that's true. But the mass scale of it is what demands all these carcinogenic and toxic chemicals. So again, it's reduce, process, and boring stuff. It is. You know what's not boring? What? I'm trying to think of what's the next soacine one. Silk. Silk. Which is kind of like the summer fur when you think about it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when you think about an elementary school, the kids, they wouldn't be (laughs) wearing the, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, So what is silk? It comes from insects. What? Yeah, that's so gross. Um, insect lava, they use this stuff to make cocoons, and then we harvest it and use it to make nice sleeping clothes. I feel like people often sleep in silk. Yeah. Why is that? It's really cool. It's so cool. It is really cool. But I think it's cool on both levels. It's, it's temperature regulating. Mm-hmm. It's also eco. It is pretty eco. So that's kind of my first thought on silk from a solar perspective is that it sounds like a fantasy fabric. Yeah, for there's sure. There's just these worms. Oh, a t- like there's a ton of insects that can do it, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize. Yeah. Moths. Isn't that crazy? It's Other like... caterpillars, these mulberry silkworms. And I also found this thing called sea silk. Sea silk? And that just sounds like an invention, right? What? Um, which, is, which is very rare and very fine. And it's from the stuff secreted by these big clams, which are called pen shells. Wow. I know, it just sounds, it's, I could have just invented that whole thing. And I'd believe you. Yeah, you would. Um, but I think why is this solacine beautiful very ornate it is and even more important I think for clothes than how it looks how it feels Mm -hmm. very tactile feels nice on the skin who'd have thought that would be a pleasant idea for clothing apparently not the industry it's also the strongest natural textile and I read I mean put however much stock into this as you want, that it is stronger than Kevlar and that the first bulletproof vest was made 
with silk. Yeah. That's so strange because when you think of silk, you think Delicate. of dainty. Oh, I could just yeah. rip it with my fingers. No. Or my teeth. Yeah. Do you own anything silk? No. I want to though. Yeah. But I think it's, it's a very gendered thing also, isn't it? It is a bit. There's different types. Like it doesn't always have to be shiny. Maybe as if you're I got saying. a bulletproof vest, that would be yeah, for men. manly. When I walk into the grocery store, <laughs> <laughs> you're not. Yeah, um, yeah. I like silk quite a lot. For a while, I had this fascination with owning something silk because I didn't own anything silk. Right. And then a few years ago, I have. I now have one or two things. I'm um, all secondhand, and. Yeah, it takes more than 5,000 cool. silkworms to produce one kilogram of the stuff, though. Yeah. So, from a sustainability perspective, maybe it's not as good as the next one. I don't care if you're supposed to go next. I'll go next. Seaweed. Tell me about seaweed. I don't have much to say about seaweed, because I think it's been in the discussion quite a lot over the last few years. Mm-hmm. As like, look, seaweed, um, kind of akin to, we always joke about superfoods. Mm-hmm. Blueberry, isn't that a superfood? People talk yeah. about it as if it's like this... <laughs> This de- definitive uh, categorization, like, oh, it's not quite a superfood, as if there's just like, I don't know, some percentage of it that needs mm-hmm. to be good for you. I feel like people talk about seaweed actually also from a superfood perspective, but just like as a super material. You can build with it, you can make clothes with it, you can eat it, you can use it for couches and everything. And I actually do think that's all really cool and really so seen. And so I don't have much else to say except seaweed. It just seems cool, and I want something eco, rather. I want something made of kelp and algae. I mean, spoilers, because we might get to that a little bit later in (laughs) our dream uniforms, which is what we're ending the episode with. But my pros and cons. So the pros, basically, is that seaweed is very sustainable because it's so abundant, and it's just like, I don't know, it's good. Yeah, and it's like it doesn't even need fresh water to be produced, which is a big part of the issue with yeah materials and it's it's kind of has this fantasy vibe akin to to silk what i was mm-hmm. saying like it doesn't sound real it's like oh what are you wearing seaweed and then you see it and then you see it on the person and it looks mm-hmm. kind of bizarre um and also that i was learning it has all these kind of purported esoteric health benefits or it has a reputation of that have you heard of that i haven't well there's a lot of companies like uh pangea for example or pangea right like mm-hmm. that's a eco-friendly um, kind of streetwear style, coolly cool brand, and they use seaweed. I don't think they use anything 100% seaweed. It's all merged with cotton or whatever, um, or polyester, and I'm not sure. And so in the descriptions, they're talking about all like antioxidants and like different nutritional benefits, even though minerals involved. It's like, but you're just wearing it, mm-hmm. and it's not like it soaps into your skin. But the reason I have this as a pro is because it would be kind of cool to believe that. Yeah. I'm a very big placebo boy. Placebo yeah. boy. That could be my name. <laughs> so it's kind of like, if you gave me this and told me that it's all these things, I would love wearing it. Yeah. And I'd feel like a superhero when I wear it. So that's why I think it's a pro. And the cons is just that, I feel like from a spiritual perspective, it might be mildly degrading to wear. Because okay. like when you look at it, it's just like this thing that smells awful on the beach and you try and avoid it. And then you step on the hard ones and you're like, ah, and it doesn't look like something you want to be draping yourself in to feel like mm. a like a conqueror. Yeah. Speaking of a spiritual objection, I feel like with silk, going back a little bit, ever since learning about how silk was made, yeah. I don't think I could ever buy fresh silk. What do you mean fresh? Like firsthand. Okay. Like new. Unless it was peace silk, which I asked you if you knew about. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool because... 
a lot of when silk harvesters harvest silkworms, they gas them all so that the the worms or the moths or the whatever in the cocoons die and they don't break out of their cocoons. So then the silk isn't like broken, but peace silk lets the creatures live, which I think is good because they're just so small. And like, why would we be killing thousands of them for a nice skirt, even if it's bulletproof? Just saying. But I'm just, that was something that I thought was cool. The peace silk exists. Eco. It's eco. My next fiber. Hmm. So I have one, two. Okay. My next one is going to be this. Close your eyes. What do you think this is, Aaron? Ooh. Ah, cotton. Cotton. Everyone watching on YouTube, I have a cotton plant because I think it's kind of neat. And as you said earlier, it looks like kind of mold spores or something that would like be on a deserted planet. Yeah, as I said earlier when we were recording this. Yeah, when we were recording well, this episode. I also am reminded of when you brought in the garlic plant and mm. I was like, this looks like the good witch's magic wand. Yeah. This kind of looks like an evil guy's magic wand. Yeah. Like he's kind of... He's covered in fungus and he has like molds growing all over him and he mm. zaps with this and then the place just kind of gets stinky. Yeah. So, cotton. The reason that I don't like cotton that much is because of how much of it is made. Like, on its own, this is harmless. Like, in a small batch, it'd be fine. But because cotton is the most prolific material on the planet for clothing besides polyester, it's just produced unsustainably, as is many things. It's like, yeah, you can sustainably do anything. You can sustainably eat sugar. You can sustainably run marathons, but there's ways to like unsustainably do it. Yeah, we like um, the the brand Cotton with a K. Mm-hmm. K O T N. Yeah, shout out. That kind of would you take that sponsorship? Absolutely. Would you beg for it? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Today I was walking down the street with this cotton plant in my cotton tote bag, and Ooh. I was like, I feel like this is someone's going to think I'm going to film an advertisement. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, I am. I think they use Egyptian cotton. They do use Egyptian cotton. And cotton grows all over the world, which is kind of neat. I just assumed it was endemic to like one area because it feels really like it needs certain conditions to grow, you know? No. To me, it does. You know what I know about cotton, though? What do you know? It uses a lot of water. Mm-hmm. And also, I would nickname it like the water monster. <laughs> Okay, stealing my nicknames. Yeah, you nicknamed all your fabrics, right? Yeah, but I forgot to share them because I got caught up in... Okay, what was the polyester one? Polyester was called the problematic particles. Okay, were you just going for all (laughs) alliteration? Yeah, and... So I think you're kind of angling for like an 80s cartoon Mm -hmm. with like a green hero, probably you, um, facing off against all these The water monster and so on, yeah. Um, so cotton, for the most part, is picked by hand, which I found shocking, mainly because in America, which is what we're probably most familiar with because we're close, it's mainly mechanized because cotton is super subsidized. America is still one of the biggest producers of cotton in the world, but the subsidies put the cost of their cotton like 60 cents per meter above everywhere else. And it's not like it's expensive to export. But the farmers make more because it's subsidized. Like that's how subsidies work. Mm-hmm. So that means that they can make way more because they can pay for their nice machines. And then it p- puts a ton of pressure on everywhere else in the world that isn't subsidized to make their cotton cheaper. Therefore, more competitive with the American mo- market. But this leads to a lot of slave and child labor in the picking. Right. Because the machines are very costly. And in Uzbekistan, there is still kids like middle school high school 
who are annually kind of sent off like you know how we have like end of school trips yeah it's like that but um but labor well i guess they have nimble fingers yeah good for picking cotton yeah and it's just the worst conditions imaginable and this happens not just in uzbekistan but all over the world and any attempts from outside organizations to kind of interfere and say hey how about we stop doing the child labor thing that we learned this 100 years ago it's just met with a lot of obstinance because if the industry is shut down, as I was kind of talking about in the first episode, the whole economy of the country would collapse. And it's what makes sustainability, especially sustainable fashion, a wicked problem. Yeah. Yeah. And cotton is probably the most like bloody chemical, not chemical, the most bloody material. And that's saying something given that fur and leather are like actual animal lives. But this is just because of how many pesticides are used. Like the farmers are poisoned every year. People are taking their lives because their crops are like failing. And it's just, it's not good. So check your cotton. Make sure it starts with a K. Yeah. <laughs> just That sounds like we're super sponsored, but we're not. Just like make sure your cotton is produced sustainably, as you said. Or just stop buying things. Yeah, just don't buy it. <laughs> Yeah. Period. Think twice next time you walk into the Gap or Old Navy and there's the 27 cent shorts. Yeah. Or the $2 t-shirt, indeed. Mm-hmm. Or just buy it secondhand or just don't buy it. Or just buy it secondhand. Or just don't buy it. <laughs> um, I also forgot to read this quote out about seaweed, which I thought was funny. It was from a an, art, an article on Hypebeast called, Can Seaweed Become the Future of Sustainable Fashion? And it just said, Puck from the seabed. Algae is now being used to create an entirely different type of drip. <laughs> That's really funny. Custom built for the future. Mm. Okay. Do you have drip? No. Do I? A little. I think leather is one of my favorite things to touch. It's cool. It's very eco. Mm-hmm. Maybe not eco, but it's eco. <laughs> it's tactile. Yeah. And I think it's kind of beautiful. I think it's great. It's durable. Lasts like yeah. forever. Good fabric. Yeah. So I'd rather have one pair of leather boots that are going to last me 15 years than plastic boots that are going to break down in like a year. Because the thing also with these animal products is that at the end of their life, be it 20 or 40 years, it will actually break down. Mm. Whereas if you have your plastic boots that you buy every five years, they're just going to last for millions of years on the planet. Okay, I have two more. My next one is kind of a, a, a bucket of several different types of fabrics and fibers. And I just wrote down miscellaneous weird stuff. Okay. And do you want to guess what's in this? Orange leather. Orange leather, mushroom leather, mm. coconut, corn I learned about, mm. cork. Also, yeah, that's a thing. Nice whistle there. Banana. You know, all these types of weird things. Yeah. What else? Just make one up and it's probably apples I think you can use. You can. All yeah. the fruits. Melons. <laughs> I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Owl. <laughs> <laughs> um so i was just like these are neat i do always cringe a little bit when shoe stores and brands will advertise in like big letters like oh 100 vegan on their shoes and it's like you're doing this because it's cheaper for you mm-hmm. and also everybody knows from an aesthetic point of view that mushroom leather shoes not the best yeah um but for the for the fabrics bamboo maybe can be thrown in here as well mm-hmm. even though i think that's a little bit more like a just a generic like cellulose thing right mm-hmm. 
I think it's really neat. And pineapple fabric, people in the Philippines have been using that since the 17th century. That's not even some wacko new Silicon Valley leftist. <laughs> I don't know. It's just not even some some wacky new thing. Like that's a it's a traditional thing. The fabric looked when I looked at it online looked a lot like um, hemp or linen, just like this very airy, light kind of thing. And so I kind of looked at pineapples as the example. And there are 40,000 tons of leaves every year that go to waste. Huh. And it's the leaves that they make the, the fabric from. Yeah. So basically, they use the fibers from those leaves and then weave it. And then you can wear it and kind of be like SpongeBob, I guess, in a weird way. If That's you really enshroud cool. yourself in it. Yeah, I think so. I think the thing with all of these ideas for fabrics old and new is like, yeah, that's awesome. We don't all of a sudden want to be growing 18 times the amount of pineapples every year just yeah. for their leaves and then throwing out the, the juicy bits. Exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can eat pineapples. Exactly. So just like saying, okay, every year we're going to need 100 pineapples. That's how many leaves we're going to get. If we're out of t-shirts and you need a new one, you have to find another material or whatever. <laughs> and not like... Like, kind Go of letting the, the demand... Farm. Exactly. Like, let the demand be a bit less of the driving force and just demand less from the planet. My next one is called my pet fiber. Any guess what that is? Your pet fiber? Mm-hmm. Wool? Yeah, it is wool. I know why, because your pet is a sheep. Yeah, do you want to touch the wool? <laughs> <laughs> Scratchy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Wool, as I always knew it growing up, was scratchy, worsted wool, which is what grows in England. North grows. Yeah, like my jacket. Yeah. So, like, wool is nice and scratchy sometimes. But if it is merino wool, which is endemic to Australia, then it's much softer because the fibers are thinner. If it is cashmere, which doesn't even come from sheep, it comes from... Cashmere. Goats. Goats, yeah. Cashmere goats. Exactly. With a K. Because mm-hmm. that's the area that they're from. So <laughs> <laughs> it takes three to six goats to make a cashmere sweater, which I didn't realize. And these goats only malt every four years, whereas normal sheep, like just your average sheep, I mean, they still have to be cultivated. They don't, it doesn't happen as much in the wild. Yeah. Um, it's like about a year. Like they malt once a year. Have you ever owned anything cashmere? I have, actually. Really? Yeah, secondhand, and I shrunk it. Oh. Yeah, nice. it was a shame. But I think cashmere is cool. I think I just love wool in all of its shapes and forms. Yeah, I haven't owned cashmere, but I touched it one time. There was someone that we know who um, was just really showing it off, and I mm. felt like felt like some kind of street urchin, the way he kind of like stooped to my web and was like, here, touch it, it's cashmere. <laughs> and I did, and he was like, feels nice, doesn't it? And I was kind of begrudging like, yeah, it really does feel nice. It really actually. does. <laughs> yeah. So there was like in the early 2000s, like a cashmere boom. And then the cashmere goat herds six tuppled. And the thing is, they were they live in the Gobi region, which is like a desert, but there's lots of dunes. So water can pool. Mm-hmm. So it's like people are still have water and stuff. But because the goat's feet are not equipped yeah. with like camel's feet are, they broke down a lot of the sand dunes, and now Gobi region has turned into the Gobi Desert. More so, it's been de- desertified. So wool, why do yeah. we like that fabric? I think it's great. It lasts a really long time, as long as you keep your mothballs with it when you put it away in the winter, so the moths don't eat it. Um, really, like, 
Smells nice. Yeah, it's cool. And the sheep have been bred to produce wool, so that's why vegans are against wool, because naturally they don't produce as much as they do. So, But I think there's still ways to do it sustainably. And the only real downside that I heard about wool production is this thing called mulesing, which is where because they've been bred to have so many folds in their skin, so there's more more fur, is that flies will like lay their eggs in the folds of the sheep, which causes them like a really slow and painful death. Oh. And so the farmers kind of in I mean like this is the whole thing with farming we'll get to in our food semester of like there's things that are seem so horrendous to us as outsiders, but the farmers know that by mulesing the sheep, which is kind of cutting off the folds, which is bad to think about, but it's just a horrible image and like PETA and everyone who sees this is like, what is going on? Like they've cut off pieces of the sheep while they're still alive. And it's like, really, it's for the betterment of the sheep. But had we not bred them to be like this, they wouldn't have to do this. Anyway, I think wool just has a lot of potential. It's great, versatile. You can knit and crochet with it. Pro wool. So my final one is linen, which is made from the flax plant. Linen is the most solacine because it's just the better version of everything. It doesn't take much water. It's not, it doesn't attract pests, so you don't need to use pesticides on it or herbicides. Like, it just grows really well, quickly. It's processed without chemicals. You don't have to bleach it the way you do with cotton. And I learned the reason we bleach cotton is because they have a lot of mold and bacteria and fungi oh, on them. But is there no way to treat that without bleaching it white? Apparently not. I don't buy it. Because there is, there are some. Yeah, but it's like it has to be grown in a certain way. Yeah, why the not? Way just, we're growing we could it. just do that though. Yeah, we could. But anyway, <laughs> flax doesn't have that problem. And so that's why flax is is all. That's why linen is linen covered. Yeah, and not all white. Exactly. It's also grown. Eighty five percent of the world's linen is grown in Europe, so it's a bit more centralized for like the fashion industry, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't have to be shipped all over the place the way that cotton kind of does. Let me tell you why I don't like linen. Tell me see-through mm-hmm. so i don't like wearing it because i feel like people can see my skin underneath yeah and also very mamma mia very we mama use that mia. as an adjective i think people get it get what that means mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be doesn't it it doesn't i'll get to that in my in my okay. um, outfit but so my most so in fabric <laughs> well what's fabric anyway what is fabric <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what does fabric mean fabric of the universe <laughs> yeah my most so in fabric of the universe is seashells she like sells that. seashells by the seashore she does <laughs> speaking of mamma mia um yeah i was gonna i guess it's a little bit ironic for me to denounce something as mamma mia in one moment and then extol <laughs> seashells in the next um but seashells are are really cool I, obviously this is more of a more of an adornment thing more of an accessory more of a buttons mm-hmm. buttons on the shirts things you wear on your body around your Pearls. wrists pearls that's not a seashell but they're kind of of the sea mm. i did find some companies and startups that were doing like crushing shells that they found on the beach like oyster shells and then mixing it with with other types of mostly synthetics or like the biosynthetics mm-hmm. that's not really what i'm talking about i'm talking yeah. about like buttons that have swells on them yeah that's cool i feel like that's a very solo scene thing and also homeware you can make plates out of them mm. imagine having a shell plate wild it would be neat i mean we'd probably drop it and break it like we do with all our core plates but um or eco plates and i also found this one japanese company that was using waste from the scallop 
fishing industry on this coast, uh, the shells, to make helmets. <gasps> Do you want to know what they call them? No. Shelmets? Shelmets. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. They call them shelmets. Oh my gosh. Nintendo ripped it from them. Yeah. People uninformed. Actually, that is really kind of a niche thing that I'm thinking Shelmets. about. <laughs> um, in, in certain... That sounds so lame when I say it. <laughs> in certain Mario games, they, they nickname one of the items a shelmet. Because mm-hmm. Mario wears it on his head <laughs> to break bricks. That sounds so lame, doesn't it? But it literally looks like that, except they're like bright colors. That's so cool. I'm talking about the real world ones. I really want a shelmet. Yeah. So they are, yeah, they're made from the, the shells. That's awesome. Shelmet. And I also found this this article called The Art of Seashells that I recommend people read. It was very, it was just like a, a nice read, this really cool historical read about um, their use in high fashion and low fashion through history. It was on a website called minimuse.com, which sounds mm-hmm. kind of weird but the art of seashells love it garment of the week do 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 that's not the original i don't remember the, the jingle these tivas oh i can't believe you're showing those i know they're <laughs> filthy and i was gonna like wash them and i was like that's inauthentic yeah but i wish you had Tiva sandals. So they're sandals that have, they were at one point white, just like a lot of things. They were at white. <laughs> they were at one point white. Now they're borderline black. Um, <laughs> they're not that dirty. I think people know what they look like. They have the foam se- uh, soles and the, the nylon straps. Okay. The buckle. Here's the thing about these Tivas, is that I bought them secondhand and they were out of stock oh everywhere. Oh my. But How I- many times do I have to hear this? <laughs> But I just, when I was looking them up, they're back. Oh, you found that they're back. They're back, which okay. saves me because you've been hearing about this for a year or yeah. so. Is that why you were jumping around dancing before we recorded? No, it's unrelated. <laughs> but I'm so excited because these are the one pair of shoes, full stop, that I love and that fit me and are comfortable. I've walked miles in these things. I've walked across Europe. I've walked across Canada, everywhere. And they're wonderful. They're versatile. They're called... The original Dorado sandals. They bring gladiator styling to the classic comfort and versatility of the originals collection. Equal parts water ready and earth friendly. Yeah, you can walk into the sea with those, can't you? And I have. They're great because you can wear them. I've worn them kayaking and then you feel gross because you step into the gross East River where I live and you get poisoned. But with these, you feel less likely. They quick dry, which is awesome. They have grippy bottoms, and they're easy to clean. They're made from recycled polyester. They're my favorite things ever, and I am probably going to get a new pair because they are almost in shambles. They're really close to the edge of their life. I think I'll get one or two more years out of them, but I'm just happy to know that they're not going extinct because I don't know if I'd ever wear Maybe shoes again. Maybe one of those people who you buy like 10 pairs just in case. It's kind of like... Stock up. Yeah, that's what I am with these shoes. I highly recommend, but please don't go buy them all because I want a pair. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Okay, the solo scene outfit, the part that everybody was waiting for now that we got past all the boring environmental impacts. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we rambled a bit though, so we should probably rush through this. I'll start. Do you want to guess what the predominant color is? Brown. Of course, brown. So I have, uh, it's basically four things. I like wearing as few things as possible. Mm-hmm. I'll start from like the, the closest to me out. Actually, I'll start from the bottom up. 
the shoes. I really like the Japanese style of tabi shoes. They、mm-hmm. have a split toe. So it's kind of like, they look like a mitten, where the mitten still has the thumb separate.、Mm-hmm. It's like that. I like、so、that. So for a, your big toe. For the big toe. And it's for flexibility and comfort and stability and all those boring things. Tabi, I'm probably mispronouncing it, but it literally translates to foot bag. <laughs> and so my Soocene shoes would be like that. They would be leather. They would be white. And what I have written down is for prancing and being a bard. Why not? Really? Yeah. yeah. And I also <laughs> came up with a, a bit of a backstory for where I would get all these things from. Okay. So these. I wrote obtained from a very old Japanese leather shoemaker on a foggy island. Because <laughs> I feel like it would be a bit of a dying art or something.、Mm. They also have, like, on the, on the top near the ankle, they're just shoes, but they have kind of a boot like extension、mm-hmm. made of knit.、Mm. Um, and obviously, this Japanese legendary shoemaker wouldn't have done this. But as I said on a previous episode of the semester, I like the idea of upgrading one's clothes.、Mm-hmm. So I would buy these from him. Probably custom made or something.、Um, maybe help him forge them. It would be like in the fantasy series where they go and get the sword. Okay. It would be like that, but with shoes. And then I would somehow upgrade them with this knit extension, possibly so I don't have to wear socks. I'm not sure about the practicality of that, but I don't like、um, socks, as you know.、Mm. And also, socks with these shoes would be difficult because they have the split.、Mm. Yeah. So that's that. Moving up. Most of my legs would be exposed. Obviously. As I have written here, exposed legs for temperature control.、Mm-hmm. I kind of labeled it like a car. Yeah. <laughs> um, but above that is some shorts. And they would be enclosed with no zip because I don't like zips.、Mm-hmm. And so, seeing I think there's no, no, no zippers. Zips. Okay. It would be buttons, probably buttons from the seas and also ties. Basically, I think zips are just ugly and also rather inhuman. They wear out really quickly, too. This is not something that's like, yeah, put that on my skin.、Mm-hmm. It's just, Pinch you? Yeah, pinching.、Um, the shorts are quite normal. They're brown, but they are, they're kind of、uh, baggy. As you know, I like how things puff out, how they、mm-hmm. balloon, and they cinch near the knee. Cinch with some, I guess, with a tie. Is cinch an official、yeah. word? Okay, so they cinch.、Mm-hmm. And then above that is a. Shirt, which is also brown. It is made of the same material as the shorts because I obtained it from the same source, which was you. Okay. And the reason I say you do it for me, what I have written down is Leash makes for me as a set the t shirt and the shorts because she knows my temp. <laughs> In the soul scene, I will be the only clothing manufacturer and everyone has to come to No,、me. just for me. Yeah, I know. You'll be like, I don't know, my on site. Taylor, I guess. Okay, sounds good.、Um, and these would be a linen seaweed blend. Cool. So, linen, as I said, I don't like the see throughness, but seaweeds. Like sea, more opaque. Yeah, more opaque. And the thing with the shirt is it will be. It would have a bit of a mock neck. I've written down for mocking. And also, I like neck coverings. I like neck coverings. There w a s a few months ago when I was like, had the idea of wearing some kind of old fashioned. Like gentlemanly scarf. Do you remember that?、Mm. Like an ascot or something. Yeah. But this, what I have written down is this is more of an everyday outfit. Okay. So it's not a formal or exercise, nothing like that. It's just 
It's what I wear every day for, for barding, for mocking, all these kind of things. I just got a glimpse of your final object. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about um, that. One final detail on the t-shirt. I think most, most shirts like this have sleeves too short. I don't like how mm. short they usually are. For instance, the one I'm wearing right now, so this one would go down to the elbows pretty much. Yeah. And I like to feel as if I'm in, as if I'm in a cult, basically. Mm. So that's why I like the, the mock neck and the, the long neck sleeves. The long sleeves. The, yeah, the final, the final garment, really the, the cherry on top is the cloak, mm. which is also brown. What I have written down is hooded for anonymity, mystery, warmth, in brackets, frostbite, if you know, you know, and also mist. My vision of the solo scene this week has been very misty so and me kind of striding through, potentially wearing a, uh, with also a staff, okay. something like that. I'm not sure. And the, <laughs> this cloak is made of an itchy, coarse, medieval, Lord of the Ringsy type material. Mm. And I was thinking perhaps you could advise me on what best that would be. It probably wool. Probably some kind of old wool, yeah. right? Some old peasant wool or something Worsted like that. Worsted wool. Whatever that even means. And I have written down also, it has a similar vibe to your cape, mm-hmm. which one of these days will be the garment of the week, I think. Probably. And also, it kind of fulfills my old burlap dreams. If uh, you recall yes. from my teenage years, I had a weird infatuation with burlap. You did. And I kept dreaming that I would one day own some things made out of it. And then I guess I realized that it's not really a clothing material. It will give you a rash. Yeah. So this wool cloak, and the way I obtain this, I have written down, is I steal it. <laughs> I steal it from a museum. Okay. Because of its purported um, properties of stealth and also healing. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it seems a bit strange to be wearing this big heavy cloak as well as shorts. Mm. But actually, that's that's prime it's versatility. Me. You can kind yeah. of. It's kind of like a like a bougier version of the hoodie shorts combo. I need airflow. So, got to have those legs exposed. Okay. So, my my outfit, <laughs> I don't even know if I'm, I'm not going to go into it because it's so boring in comparison. I knew you'd pick something but boring. I'll, I don't know why. I'll go into that. one element of it, okay. which I think is important for the soul scene, and you mentioned, which is scarves. Yeah. I think scarves, not like heavy wool scarves, but silk scarves are so undervalued. You can put them in your hair in so many ways, <laughs> around your neck. You can put them as like a belt. I think we need to bring scarves back in a big way. And that's what I think in the soul scene we will do because it can make a boring outfit. Like mine was going to be basically jeans and a, and a button up in some variation. That was going to be your like, solo scene outfit. Your ideal, I really utopian, think it's beautiful, great. sustainable, tactile outfit. But with the scarf, Oy vey. you can, that's kind of how the trends can, and the seasons even can manifest themselves in what you're wearing. Would you even carry a wand? I'd carry a wand. Okay. I was also thinking flowers in the hair. Fresh flowers is just so great. I was laying in bed last night thinking to myself, how can I get my hands on some flowers for my hair? Listening to the upstairs drill. (laughs) Not drill music for those wondering. Just someone with a really loud drill at 2 a.m. At 2 a.m. So shout out to them. Shout out to them. If you're listening, please stop. (laughs) Because we didn't sleep last night. Um... But yeah, flowers in the hair, silk scarves, just like these dainty elements of kind of the materials we were talking about. It's like your everyday clothes need to be kind of simple yeah. and like durable. If you're having a seashell thing, mm-hmm. 
you could have one thing, what would you want it to be? Earrings. I would want some kind of like custom made, no, like custom grown from the crab. Like I communicate with the crab Whoa. somehow. Um, shell that wraps around my wrist. That's really cool. Yeah. Thing is, you're the creative one. I don't have, I don't have that in me. Or the conch shell. It's how you communicate. Like in the Soul Scene headquarters, you just Blow talk it into and it everyone, and then yeah. let's go for lunch. Yeah. Okay. Thank you all for listening. I hope you learned some things about fabrics. See you all next week.